Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast, powered by Brain Fuel. Here with Chris McCarthy of Fan Saves. Uh, really excited to talk to Chris about uh, what Fan Saves is, how he got there, um, what he's trying to accomplish and impact in the industry, and ultimately the story behind it. Um, I think we're all trying to, uh, at one point or another during your career, do something innovative, impactful, and take what you've seen through your experience, uh, whether it's problems or uh, solutions, uh, ultimately bringing them to the table and and helping others. So, uh, Chris, welcome. Hey, Jake, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So you, you've got your own podcast as well. I have to mention that because uh, now we've got the host interviewing a host. So uh, that'll that'll make for a fun one. But uh, tell us a little bit about what Fan Saves is, um, what you're trying to do in, in the sports and entertainment industry, and um, how you got there as well. For sure. Uh, I'll tell a bit of the backstory uh, for context. My co-founder and I, back in 2017, were managing the sales and marketing for two minor professional hockey teams. And in the summertime, we'd be out selling sponsorship, but we kept running into the same problem where business owners wanted more out of their sponsorship. Than the traditional inventory assets that we were selling and what we kept hearing was that they wanted something that could digitally activate our fans be able to track uh customer analytics and track return on investment and we didn't have anything like that so we left a lot of deals on the table and we got so frustrated of the problem that we created the solution so fan saves is a digital platform that offers fans discounts and deals from the sponsors of their favorite teams uh, we like to think of it as like instagram meets groupon but for sports teams. So Instagram and Groupon, obviously successful, right? But um, what what will make fans save successful as you, you know, continue to embark on this journey? We're really creating the first network of teams, sponsors, and fans um, coming together in the couponing world. So really crowdsourcing all the teams that we're working with and their fan bases um, to come on the platform and to be able to support the businesses that support their favorite teams. Um, we recently did a research study and we found that 90% of sports fans could not name more than five of their favorite team sponsors. And so really early on, we set our minds to solving this problem. And a little over four years later, here we are um, with fan saves. So I'm just going to throw this out there because you're wearing a raise hat right now as we're recording. And can you name five of the sponsors of the race? I cannot. Um, and I was just there. I took a full inventory on my phone. And you promised me that this was audio only. So now the cat's out of the bag. I'm a huge Blue Jays fan. So I'm like a total walking contradiction right now. But yeah, I mean, it's a big problem. Like $4.25 billion is spent by brands annually on the big four sports here in North America alone. And the average fan, if not like good hardcore fans can't even retain who those partners are. So we're really making those sponsors more visible and accessible by the fans, which are able to then go ahead and engage with them. What are you seeing through some of the teams that you've worked with uh, on the minor league level and, you know, some of the success that now granted, like those are also, there's probably a mix of community sponsors mixed with QSRs mixed with, you know, the, the local furniture company, right? Like what, what brands are you seeing trying to engage on this platform uh, and how are fans interacting with them? Yeah, we have brands really across the spectrum. When you first think of coupons, your mind goes right to the QSR industry, but we have 
uh, automotive businesses, hospitality, professional services, um, you know, gyms, anything of that sort, really any business that has the ability type to offer, the ability to uh, offer, they really can. And a couple of really cool examples of like how our platform was beneficial, is beneficial in this like new climate that we're living in. Um, back in December 17, um, actually close to 10 teams opted out of the ECHL season because they couldn't have fans in their building. So we started working with a handful of them to continue to engage their fans with their partners while there were no games going on and the team really didn't have a ton of content to put out during that extended off-season period of time. Another example is like the Peterborough Peets up in the OHL. There's been a mandate where uh, teams in the OHL cannot hand out anything physical to the fans. So let alone like programs, they cannot hand out any coupons. And I'm sure anyone listening that's worked in the front office at some point, you've been given a box of coupons to hand out to your fans if there was like a hat trick or like the team scored five goals you know, or your ticket stuff. Like those are like old fashioned ways that the pandemic has really digitalized. And we're really at the forefront of that right now. So from a technology perspective, I mean, it's not easy to just build an app or build the website or um, talk to us about the process of, of not only creating it, but making sure that it's, you know, the user interface is also something that the fans want to uh, interact with. Yeah, Shannon and I, our background is sports marketing and sponsorship. So we didn't know the first thing about creating an app or a digital platform, which it is now. So um, it's been a big learning curve over these last four years. Um, you know, we've made mistakes, but we've always failed forward. And we've got to a point now where we found an awesome developer and his team that we're working with. Um, so it's it's been a journey to get to this point. Um, but we've been able to validate, we started working with the smaller teams and we were really able to validate our technology and build with these smaller teams and work our way up to the higher levels, uh, which is where we are today, talking to a lot of major league teams across the spectrum. So if you look into the future, right, the, the, the crystal ball and, and well, let's just call it three years from now, because no one knows what tomorrow brings anyways. Um, what what are you looking at from a sponsorship engagement perspective with fans and and how is that going to change how brands look at what they're doing with teams as well? I think along with the pandemic, there's been a big increase in the importance of digital assets with fans still in some places not being able to be in the stands and teams being able to play at full capacity. Brands are really looking for data. We're living in 2021. It's a data-driven age. Not only brands are looking for the data, but the teams are looking for the data about their fans. Um, I just think that trend is going to continue. And, you know, technologies that can help, you know, give insights to who the fans are both from the team's perspective and from the business's perspective, I think are just going to be continuing uh, to win and, and to, to get new business. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of really cool technologies that are happening you know, in the AR, VR space and across the ticketing spectrum. Um, I just see the um, importance in digital assets continuing to increase. Now on either side, right? Like the, the, the team side or the brand side, you've got to be able to be set up from an infrastructure standpoint to take advantage of what the technology offers, right? If, if you're the brand and you're getting all these leads, you got to have the staff or the sales staff to be able to uh, not only service, you know, those, those leads, but also make sure that they're repeat customers, right? So the business um, objectives are even furthermore. 
And then on the team side, whether it's, you know, ticket sales leads or this, that, and the other, you know, how do you act upon that? So talk a little bit about the infrastructure component, what's actually needed on the back end, um, just to, just to make sure that it is successful and it's not uh, a waste of time uh, on, on either side. Yeah, from the team's perspective, like we provide both the teams, uh, I'll start, we provide each sponsor with a unique, unique dashboard, which they can log into in real time. So they're able to see things like the date, time, uh, and gender of each redemption um, put into pie charts, but also the, um, the date and time. So um, data that they're not able to collect from everyday traditional assets. And then the teams have an overview of all of their sponsors' dashboards where they're able to track um, and see all of the data that their sponsors are collecting. So this is really important information to that for them to know come renewal season, but there's no real infrastructure that the teams or sponsors have to have in place. We provide them with the dashboards and there's no integration at the sponsor level with the business. We're working with small mom and pop shops right up to international franchises. So our redemption methods are really, really easy for the fans uh, to redeem. Um, and the data is really simple and presented in a really great way for the teams and the sponsors to have a snapshot of how that particular sponsorship asset is performing. It's one thing to have kind of the promo code, the offer, but what's what's the next evolution of that? What What's the next integration? Um, another cool feature that we have is like our exclusive deals. So while there's deals out there for anyone that follows a particular team that they can receive, um, there's also exclusive deals. So this is a way that we're able to you know, help the teams even more by providing them with a season ticket holder member benefit that they can add directly into their benefits um, and give season ticket holders ex access to exclusive deals from their partners that are not available to the general public. So there's a lots of different ways that we're able to engage the fan with fan saves. And does it apply to the college athletic space at all from a, whether it's a donor perspective or, I mean, hey, like, that's you got 300 something division one colleges. That's a whole nother market in itself, right? A thousand percent. Like we're hyper-focused on the professional sports industry. We think that's the fastest way to scale. It's the most sexy industry. But after the first year, we started to have all these other verticals start to emerge and come to us about using our platform. So universities and colleges, as you alluded to, but also like chambers of commerce and membership uh, benefit, uh, membership organizations, uh, esports events, festivals, even influencers, like all have the same problem of not really being able to justify ROI to their partners, true ROI outside of, you know, impressions and engagements and eyeballs on broadcast. So, you know, we're really able to help a lot of different verticals outside of just the sports industry, but yes, like college sports, massive market, really great implementation opportunities. So we're speaking to a number of schools right now as we speak for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, look, it's another vertical, right? Like, how do you integrate your fans across broadcast, the radio, the in, you know, the in-stadium and arena uh, activations? How do you integrate them, not only on social but digital? And then there's the old-fashioned, you know, B2B component, right? And creating relationships and so on. So there's ROI across the board in a lot of different ways, uh, as as you know, you know, having been in that world. Uh, but then it's, you know, just adding another layer to it, right? And being able to um, do some probably different promotions or different types of drive to retail or this, that, and the other, um, you know, that you're then able to probably 
instead of getting to the end of the end of the season and going, ah, this program didn't really work. Maybe you make, maybe you're able to make an adjustment real time, you know, halfway through or, you know, two thirds of the way through because you're seeing the data on the back end too. Have you seen that on your end? Yeah, I definitely have seen that in the off season. And that's a really cool perk to our platform. It's an all year platform. So when we were managing the two teams, we were managing like during the summer, there's not a ton of content that's coming in, like, you know, like highlights or anything like that so we we're always like looking for like good content to be able to promote our partners in the off season but um you know most of the promotion came from in season so this is a way that you can con continue in off season and on non-game nights to engage your fans with your corporate partners and we saw that a lot even with the examples that i, I mentioned earlier with the echl where they hadn't no games to promote this in venue. So they were really like looking for important ways to continue to engage their fans with their partners. Yeah. I think the promotion piece is huge too, right? Just understanding that, you know, you, you got to know where to go too, just as you would try and promote the Groupon app or, or Instagram or wherever it might be to, Hey, go to X, Y, and Z to get, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. And, and so I think um, to your point that integration is, if it's seamless, um, it can really be beneficial to the efficiencies of, you know, not handing out coupons, right? Or, or whatever the case might be. If in the, in the examples you used of where you couldn't physically do it, uh, how do you do it otherwise and, and adapt? Yeah. And you look at the sales world, it's always like seven touch points, right? You're always trying to like get your customer to go through seven touch points to buy. And so, you know, when you're out selling sponsorship inventory, you're not just selling one asset alone. Generally, you're grouping in other aspects. So fan saves is one of those other sponsorship inventory assets that is important because it's digital. It's different from just a wall sign, which is really great for brand recognition. Um, but, you know, being able to like pull open the platform and being able to see who all of the partners are, um, it's just something that's missing right now. Excited to see where you go, kind of how it evolves, who uh, who else you get involved with from a team perspective. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, universities, chambers, uh, you know, I mean, you name it. Like, I, I think at this point, yes, there's the solution and the problem uh, from a, you know, sports and entertainment industry and really any, you know, entertainment uh, avenue that, that you're talking about, you know, sponsors in general. But uh, the technology platform itself, right, and, and allowing for those types of activations, I think it's uh, it'll be exciting to see where you can go with that. Appreciate that. We're really excited too. I challenge you and I challenge anybody listening to this podcast to go find one or two self-identifying sports fans and ask them two questions. Who is your favorite professional sports team and how many sponsors of that team can you name? It's astounding to hear person after person after person like kind of laugh like oh yeah I can think of two like it, it's really hard and you know like it's a big problem so we're just like hardcore on this mission to help teams like engage their corporate partners with their fans and we're really excited about what the future has to offer. Chris any uh any challenges that you foresee coming um across the board you know that hey, like everyone's got obstacles in their way and they've got to figure out a way to adapt. Um, I think we're still living, I mean, up, I'm up here in Canada and I know like COVID and there's still a lot of restrictions. So there's still a lot of fallout from that. What happens if there's another variant or whatever, right? Like 
you know, we've gone custom to these times where things are changing fluidly. And, you know, for us, we just have to stay on top of like our innovation and to the changing market um, and being more compatible to other technologies to be able to support teams in a better way. Just all these things, just staying on top of innovation. I think things are moving so quickly right now with technology. So um, I would say it's more of an opportunity than a challenge, but definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, as, as I've been listening to kind of what you've come up with, how you went about it early on, right? Having the playing career, having the, the front office career, um, and then kind of taking a leap of faith, right? A, a risk of, of walking away from that and going into something different. Um, you see a lot of, of, you know, students that are seeing someone like you go and do that. And maybe they want to do that out of the gate from college, right? As opposed to, you know, taking the traditional path that maybe you took. So what advice do you have for those students who are thinking about that? And are there ways for, for them to get involved too? Wow. How much time do we have left? I love this question. I always say it's like jumping out of an airplane and figuring out the parachute on the way down, you know, like you don't know what you don't know and you'll, you'll figure it out along the way. I, like, I hear a lot of like people make excuses like, if they have an idea of why they haven't started their business and you know, like they're waiting for this or it's just not the right time. There's never a right time. Like start, that's the hardest thing. And then you'll figure it out along the way if you're passionate about it. Um, speak to a lot of like aspiring founders and, and college students. And uh, I definitely encourage them to like, just start and you'll figure it out along the way. There's tons of resources out there. So, um, you know, the sports tech is like a, a really fast growing space and it's a really cool space to be a part of and it's a way to be involved with sports and like have your own company it's a total win-win from a sports tech standpoint like are there groups you would recommend students reaching out to trying to join learn you know what what are kind of the communities that you try and run in yeah, there's a big conference for uh, university level students called Catapult Conference that's coming up. Um, there is a great organization called WIST, Women in Sports Tech, um, incredible organization that you know promotes uh, you know gender equality in sports tech. It's a pretty despaired industry. It's a very male dominated industry. Um, but like, I would encourage anybody that's looking for an opportunity to get into the sports world, you know, to put your time in, but also for sports tech, there's lots of like really great accelerators out there. Um, there's so much opportunity right now. So, you know, you mentioned kind of just figuring out the, the parachute on the way down, right? Like you didn't have the tech building app building skills where, you know, knowledge or wherewithal to understand kind of what your next step needed to be. So I think, you know, not necessarily getting you know, hung up on the, I have to have this certification and this, you know, skill per se to do X, Y, and Z. I think it, to your point, just figure it out. Yeah. And like the money is the, the next biggest thing that you hear. Right. And like, like we pretty much went full-time on the business and we didn't have any like money saved up or anything. And to date, we've been able to bootstrap just shy of like $400,000 to get to the company to this point without having to give up equity. And, you know, we've been really scrappy and resourceful. There's a lot of like, you know, grants and funding opportunities out there and entrepreneur type loans. So, um, you know, even pitch fests and, and opportunities like that have really helped grow our brand. So, yeah, I mean, like, 
I'm a huge proponent of LinkedIn. It's provided us with so many opportunities. And I, I stress all the time to our employees, the importance of LinkedIn and having a great personal brand. So I think like anyone coming out of university that's looking to get into sports or the sports tech industry should have like a strong grasp of what their personal brand is and have like a strong personal brand. It's really important. That's how, that's how we connected. Right. And so I think um, just, Hey, connecting across the border, right. And in different time zones and whatnot, it's, it provides for a way for those who don't know each other to still somehow connect. I know it sounds easy and, and, you know, obvious, right. But it takes time, energy, effort, commitment to make sure that you, you know, stay connected and, or, um, you know, do your research too, right. Make sure that, uh, you know, who you're, who you're talking to and, um, you know, what they're about, right? To your point, uh, kind of the brand being very important. Yeah, thousand percent. Um, I totally agree with that. All right, last question for you. Um, Hit me. If, if you could have a shot on goal against anybody, what goalie would it be? Oh, man, that's what you're going to leave me with? Oh, um, that's a really tough one. Um, I'm like a big fan of Carey Price. Um, so I might be able to snipe Chop Cheddar, but probably not. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, Carey Price, I would say, is one of the top ones. If you had to is you flip-flop, right? You're in goal. Whose yeah. who shot are you saving? Wow. Um, it would be cool to see McDavid, McDavid kind of like juking me out in front of the crease so uh he would be a pretty cool and it'd be pretty surreal to see sydney sydney crosby coming down on me as well so those are well, probably my two given you got something in the in the, on the wall with the great one i really thought you were going to go that route but i guess a <laughs> little before my time um uh, i'm in 89 <laughs> but you know i saw gretzky's last game in ottawa and it was an incredible moment uh definitely the goat for sure but uh those two guys are, are awesome new talents too so Chris, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck in the near future and, and always welcome on. Uh, looking forward to keeping track of your journey and uh, where you go. Yeah, thank you so much for the time and for the chat. Really enjoyed it as well. And um, looking forward to staying in touch.